He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now, about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello everybody and welcome to week 81 of the Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Barry O'Hanahan and tonight with me is Will Griffith. Hey Will, how's it going? Hi Barry. You well? Yeah, good and yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, can't complain. You're on a bit of a hot streak at the moment. Can't stop shooting low numbers. Well, I'm, you know, I've, it's just, it's getting frustrating now that I'm just getting there and not, as I said to you earlier on before we got on, before we started recording, like, my biggest problem now is that I have a golf swing. I have the confidence in all the shots that I'm hitting. Mm-hmm. The problem is that I'm now making bad decisions. But I remember last week, I think we recorded the show on a, a was it a Wednesday morning? Yeah. And I was literally going out to play, and my goal, my goal I was going out to play was to get, I was 8.0, and I was like, okay, today could be the day that I'll get down past my lowest. My lowest was 7.7. Mm. And uh, lo and behold, I went out and shot 39 points, which is uh, 76 76 gross. Yeah. On our, our, we have par 71. Par 71. So, so five, over. 5 over. gross. And I got cut by 0.6. So now it's 7.4. So I'm now 7. My lowest ever. All time lowest. Woo. Boom. So. Yeah, the biggest thing was then I went out the next day kind of going, oh no. Now you're 7.4. You need a new target. Well, you need a new target. Yeah. So, so it's not even that, but you're 7.4 and you're going, oh no, one bad round and I'm back to 7.5, which is 8. This is kind of analogous to Spieth hitting his target of getting to world number one, then the next week bang hits well, on his cut. Because I love the fact that I'm likened to Jordan Spieth. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I can say exactly the same, analogous. <laughs> like, but yeah, no, but it's the same thing. Like he all of a sudden he reached his target, bang! You've got your you hit your all time best, and he hit his all time best by getting to number one, and maybe just didn't have enough time to to focus and then adjust to it and then you missed it a missed cut the next week oh, you sure. actually did quite well the next day well, yeah I remember talking to you about it and I was, you were kind of I was kind of saying what should I now target and I kind of said I'll just go for the buffer zone and you were like no go pick a proper target and then if it doesn't go well you'll fall down into the buffer zone yeah, yeah. don't target the buffer zone because then what will happen is if you target 35 points you'll end up with 31 and you miss your target then you're goose yeah, exactly yeah. so I went out thinking I could get 39 points again and I ended up having 35 points, but the round got away from me again. Mm. Now it's a case that I'm, like, either it's a case that I'm not fit, I'm not eating and drinking enough on the golf course, and I tend to be making bad decisions towards the end of the round. In particular, like around 12, in our course anyway, 12, 13, 14, seems to be killing me at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, so I seem to be kind of like going double, 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 or double, double bogey. Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of going, like all of a sudden you're level part to five over, you're kind of going, that's my round over. But it's not your round over. No. So you can make birdies in the way home. But in light of the good start, it is kind of disaster. It's a mini disaster. You go, oh, but like no. I was even playing on Monday with one of the lads, and we were only having a bit of a mess game. Like, mm-hmm. you know? And this seems to be my problem: is that like I seem to be on the thirty. You know, the thirteenth hole of down the downs. Thirteenth hole of down the downs. I'm kind one. of familiar with it. I've played yeah. it for about eighteen years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a nightmare hole, but it's an easy hole at the same time, right? It's it a par five, uphill to start. Dog leg from right to left. It's five hundred and thirty yards long, right? Play, yeah, it can play anywhere. But it can play anywhere between seven thousand yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it can play. You know, you could be lucky enough to get. You can make it with drive on an iron. So, you know, if you, sometimes, if you hit, yeah, yeah, depending on the wind. So. so anyway, my problem is that the last few times I've been, I, I seem to be hitting a good, you know, maybe a fairly respectable drive, whether it be in the rough or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I seem to be thinking that from three hundred yards, I'm going to get on the green, and I'm taking out the three wood. When it's the worst club in the bag. When all you need to do is hit like a five or six iron and leave yourself a nice wedge distance. Yeah, and what I'm doing is I'm knocking down the second shot and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm leaving myself with 180 yards for my... Or even 220 or 230. And then, yeah, you can end up in the bunker. And then then it's a a tough six. It's a tough six, tough Mm -hmm. seven. Yeah, yeah, it can be. And if you're playing strokes, you know, so... And then, like, it happened again on the 15th. I hit a beautiful tee shot, but it went, bounced down on, you know, like, the 15th fairway in Glendale's and kind of banks from tilts left from to right. left to right yeah yeah so I kind of fell down into the, the rough mm-hmm. and it was about 220 yards to the front of the green and of course there was a bit of a wind coming into it and I said three wood and of course I knocked it down again like when it was a case of like hitting a seven iron down and then hitting the wedge in yeah and these are the things I need to be thinking about now like it's mm-hmm. not like I have to go back to my old case where 
you know, what got me down from like higher higher handicaps down to lower handicaps was actually playing the par fives as par fives. Yeah, not I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that completely. I mean, if I'm you just got a good lie in the middle of the fairway where you can hit a wood. Mm. That's fine. But if you're trying to play a wood out of the rough, well, it depends on your lie. Yeah, but it's, you, you, you know, need to you need to play the percentages, or maybe ask yourself like, how many times out of ten will I hit a respectable go. shot out of this? Or if I had a caddy on the bag right now, what, what would he say to yeah, me? What would Sevy say to me? If he was my caddy. Go for it to my friend. He would, like, but you know, you need to, you know, come up with some little solution for yourself to, yeah, stop I think, taking that, three wood not like. necessarily, like, <laughs> no, but, you know, just, is this a dumbass play? Is this a 10% shot? Like, I mean, do I need to go for this to actually tie somebody in the clubhouse or should I actually, you know, Oh, well, listen, I'm Mr. For, you know, pardon Maybe me. we need virtual caddy for you or something. Like, or a little like, caddy like, on your shoulder. Is it, like, you know, I, I know, like, the thing about it is, every time that I'm doing what I'm doing, I know what I should be doing. You can't, can't stop, stop yourself. myself from doing yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm looking at the lie. I'm going, that's not a bad lie. That's actually an okay lie. I can get the three wood at that. And by the time you finish thinking about it, you're like, this is the best lie in the world. Oh, There's no way I can miss I this can shot. Miss and then yeah. either you go under it or over it or yeah, you fall yeah. back in it. And it's a case then that you're concentrating so much on the lie then that you're forgetting to actually go through your normal setup mm. and all the things you would normally do. But anyway, listen, I'm happy, as I said to you, I'm playing some really nice golf. Um, I've now reassessed my goals and the new goal now is it, because there is about four or five weeks left of golf. Yeah, depending on the weather. Depending it's, on the weather. It's some great weather here this week. It's you know, nice, dry warm and dry. And stuff. Um, so I'm thinking that if I could get down to six, Go for it. That would be an amazing end. Now, as you say, you aim small, you miss small. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying five or anything like that. Six is six is attainable. You might set yourself up for a bit of disappointment. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, target's too far. Yeah, yeah. And then eight to five is a big thing, whereas six to eight isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, we've got a couple of big strokes competitions coming up over the next couple of weeks. And um, it should be interesting, although I did have to DQ myself on Saturday, which was a little bit frustrating. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that, that happens. Just to explain to anyone, I was playing on Saturday mm-hmm. and I hit my second shot on the par 4 10th and it just landed short of the green, but it plugged in its own mark, which is fine it through the green. You get relief off that. So uh, stupidly or innocently, I talked to my playing partners and they said yep take your relief so I marked it I picked it up and then I placed the ball and I didn't think anything of it at the time and no this isn't saying anything about my playing partners they were playing their own game whether they were in bunkers or whatever and nothing was said and I played on and um, I literally only thought about it when I was sitting at home in front of the TV at 9 o'clock that evening eating a bowl of Cocoa Pops watching the golf on TV. A revelationary moment. I was yeah. just going through my round in my head yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I just literally remember the 10th and went, oh no, I should have, Yeah. I should have dropped that ball. So then I rang the, com- the competition secretary and I just said, listen, it may, I knew my score wasn't going to win the competition but yeah. there was golf for the year points at stake. Uh-huh. So I said to him, I said, listen, I just want to be clear and he was like, no, you should have taken a drop. So he said, I'm going to have to disqualify you. Uh, and I said, well, that's fine. I was ringing for that purpose to mm-hmm. see if I needed to be or not. So moral of the story is, if you think you're doing something wrong, check. Uh, yeah, if there's any sort of inkling, yeah, it's always the way, look, the RNA rules app is freely available on yeah, for even, your phone. But even in the in the moment. Yeah, yeah, you can just you check it really your, quickly. But no, even in the moment, just ask your playing partners because there's bound to be someone that'll take, you know, when you're outside of the of the bubble mm. they'll always turn around to you and say even if they're not 100% sure they'll say I'm not 100% sure best check but best check or my guess would be that you have to drop it yeah, nine times yeah, out yeah. 19 times no 99 times out of 100 you have to drop the ball mm-hmm. that's just in my particular situation but you know trust the people you're playing with they're not out to get you everyone's playing their own game and no one wants to see someone else penalised for something stupid and like even the time that McElroy I remember a few years ago and he dusted he dusted sand on the green when mm. he was just off the green. Yeah, yeah, And I remember Luke Donald just literally turned around to him and went, like, I'm sorry, Rory, but like, that's actually against the rules. Now, a lot of people turned around and went, that was very smart of Donald to say it, but at the same time, if Donald hadn't have said it and McElroy had to come in, yeah. signed for the wrong score, and then had to disqualify himself, yeah, yeah. it's even worse. He knew then that he had a two-shot penalty or a one-shot penalty. Now, I believe he went, he lost that competition or by a shot. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, look, but he, he knew at that stage, you know. But so. he, and he has time to make up for it then as well. Of he does. You know, so. But um, that's just the rule is, you know, just if you're, if you're listening to this and you're out in the golf course and you're not sure of something, always ask your, yeah. your playing partners. And the, the or check, check the rule book or, or check, check the, the app. Book, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're quick to check, you know, it's uh There's a great thing now that actually had in, in, in our club and they were just, they were in beside the score, uh, the computer where mm-hmm. you put in your scores and they were little di- uh, cards and they have all general rules on them. Oh, just the, the decisions on the rules of golf. Yeah, and if there's like the top 15 or something yeah, on the yeah. card, it's great because like majority of the ones that you're going to come across are going to be yeah. on that. They're very frequent, yeah, yeah. They're very frequent ones. Now, of course, there's always going to be those situations like that question that your man asked about the match. Hit, hit his own provisional his ball own or something. Ball yeah, the yeah. green and stuff like that. But um, in a lot of scenarios, there, you know, there's a lot of, you know, if you're ever in question, they're quite cut and dry most of the time. But there are when they go weird, they go really weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. in general, like the, no matter what the thing is, you know, you can. Um, you can play it out and then ask the question when you get back in. Before you sign and enter your card. Yeah, yeah. Back in and ask someone or ring the competition secretary. But I genuinely didn't think I'd done anything wrong until I sat down later on. And you go, uh-oh. And yeah. no one said to me, oh, you have to drop that ball or whatever. Now it's no one else's responsibility but my own. It didn't flag until later on. Then the guilt hits you and you go, oh, God, I got well, it. Was, I, got yeah, it. I was sitting there, I was kind of going, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Now we've, look, we've, we've all had one of those situations. And I... I for one, you know, the biggest thing, by the way, is whatever happens, disqualify yourself. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Don't ever let that go because it'll eat you up inside. It does, and it's also I I believe in a bit of karma as well, and that's just bringing. You're asking for bad golf karma. Yeah. Like when I was playing uh, Captain's Prize, uh, I saw a bit of a disaster. Uh, you know, started well, then it went it went all over the place. But uh, hit a good drive on the thirteenth, setting up at my three wood, and um, I tipped the ball at the dress. And I just looked up, and the, my playing partner was really close. One of the playing partners was really close. I said, "I was just touching the ball." He goes, "Really?" I didn't see it. He goes, "Fair play to you for admitting." It. I was like, uh, "No credit needed at all." I would not be able to live with myself, even though my score was going to be nowhere for the day. I know, I know, it's against the rules. Take can't do it. It's annoying. Yeah, even the ball actually didn't even move, which is like extra annoying. It was like, "Oh, look, it didn't even go anywhere," you know. That's so, the worst thing but you just have to, you like, you just say, "Look, that's the way it is." And I, I firmly believe that if I. You know, in a situation like that, if I actually didn't say anything, he didn't notice. It would eat me up. It would eat me alive. And you're also going to get some bad golf karma somewhere along the line. Like you hit a sprinkler head when you've hit a good shot, and your ball will just shoot out of bounds or something ridiculous at a really important time. So <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember one time it was uh, on the putting green. This is where it tends to happen more so. Yeah. And I remember aligning my putter, and I did. I used to have a habit of putting my putter as close to the ball as possible. And it sometimes used to kiss up against the back of the ball, which is fine because it's not actually moving. It can oscillate and come back into its own uh, position. Does but that not mean you've hit the ball? No, 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 because the ball can oscillate. So I, I wasn't a penalty. It may me. not have been a penalty, viewers. Ah, for God's sake. But what I'm saying that is didn't really it, matter it, in the grand scheme of It can rub off the ball. Are you sure? But like you're hitting the ball then, no? No, 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 because the you ball has to actually, yeah, no, the ball has to move in order for it. So even by a dimple, if it moves by a dimple, yeah, it yeah. doesn't fall back into its original position then it's not considered um, a penalty. But anyway, that's right. not the point. The point yeah, is, yeah. this one time I did it, and it did move. Yeah. And it moved by, like, oh, millimetres. But it moved, and it didn't come back into its original position. And you know that scenario where you know what's happened, and you look up. <laughs> yeah. And you're, like, going... Did anybody notice that? Well, no, it's not even did anyone notice that, but you're kind of going, like, how do I even say that I'm after moving my ball? Like, you feel like such a knob. Yeah, you are. You <laughs> so, translated a knob as a stupid idiot. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and the funny thing about it is when you say it to your playing partners, because you're not playing against them really. Like, you know, you're playing against yourself. And uh, they turn around and go, are you sure? Yeah, they all, every, in fairness, that's like, it's such an Irish thing to do. They yeah. tried to give you the out. Yeah, like, yeah. Are you, are you sure about that? Because we didn't see anything. Yeah. So are you 100% sure that it, and you even see it in the, in the pros, like the, you'll see the referee coming over and going, are you 100% sure? Now mm-hmm. it's different in the, you know, in the pro tours or whatever because they have the TV. The high def cameras all def over them. Yeah. For everything, but, uh, yeah, if you're ever in the, if you're ever in doubt, take the penalty. But the thing is that in that situation, say you do actually, well, no, I'm not really sure, and then they go, well, then don't do it. But there's a doubt cast over you then if you don't do it. 
Um, if you bring in something, if you bring something to attention, that's gone. It means that you know that you've done something wrong. Exactly. Yeah. You would because if you didn't, you wouldn't believe. Exactly. Now yeah. you can ask a question and say, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're not 100 percent sure of the rules, I remember. Uh, I know we could go on about this forever. There's a lot of stories, yeah. <laughs> one time when I was only quite new to, the, well, new-ish to, to golf and my understanding of the rules. You're, I, I always find that every time you play a game of golf, you nearly learn a different part of the rules in some way because you question something, right? But I'll never forget that I turned around to, uh, I was in the rough on the left-hand side of six, right, which is a par five. And once you go off the off the fairways, the the grass. This is going back a few years when the, it was really bad. Oh yeah, this is waist high. Like, yeah, yeah, it was high. jungle. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I remember finding my golf ball, and my golf bag was right beside me, and I swiped at the ball. I mean, I swiped at the ball. The club went right under the ball. The ball just went about four foot up in the air. Uh-huh. It landed back down, and it bounced to the right, and it hit my golf. Ball. Ah, two shot penalty, sir. There you go. And I turn around. Uh, to the person I was playing with at the time, I'll never forget it. And he goes, "How did you get on?" And I went off. I didn't get too far anyway. I said, "The ball just popped up, and <laughs> rolled over, and hit my bag." And he went, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." And I didn't know, like you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but I told him what the scenario was, and he went, "I'm sorry to say, but that's a two shot penalty." And I it's went, a stinger. Are "You serious?" And he went, "Yeah." And this is the funny thing about it is that. Sometimes people don't. You wonder what goes on out in the golf courses if people don't know the rules. Yeah, yeah. Like, as I say, I'm only beginning to grasp a few of them. I, well, I, yeah, I would, I'd more like than a few. Yeah. I'd like to think that at this stage now, I'd know a good few. Like you know, well, I'd like to think I know all of them, but you still get stumped sometimes. So you're yeah. not 100 percent sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, just I never forget that. There was me thinking I got away with this because it rolled. In well, that bag. happened to me before. I think I sculled one through the green. And uh, hit my bag, and so he goes, "That's a two shot penalty." Oh, I think there's no. one now. So uh, maybe, well, it's, it's still, two back in the it's day. still it's a disaster. Energy. Anyway, ever since then, I never left my bag in the you know behind the line of safety. Not not if I was on the green, but I was off the green. Yeah. So I've never left my bag the opposite side, you know, <laughs> yeah. on the continuation line or the through line of my shot. So yeah, you learn these you learn these rules very quickly when you get stung by them. Of course you do. Anyway, the big news of the week is that Will Griffith is now seven handicap. And he's on his way to take over the world. He's the best Will Griffith has ever been. The best Will Griffith you're ever going to see. And I'm actually now literally just waiting for the call for the Walker Cup. Well, you're also waiting for an application for a caddy to help you make better decisions on the uh, course. One of the lads at the golf club turned around and said to me that if he could be my caddy, I would win everything. Really? Yep. I'll tell you afterwards who said that. Okay. It wasn't, it, knows, wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> I'd be the worst. But he knows that the fact is that the only reason I'm not... Decisions. His decisions. Good place to be. Right, moving on to decisions. Decisions that were made by people with a bit of power and responsibility in the in terms of the President's Cup. Um, Jay Haas was picking the two captain's picks for the President's Cup team, um, which is coming up, and he picked Bill Haas and Phil Mickelson. So he picked his son. Yeah. Which, you know, there's loads of uh, people say nepotism, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, obviously there was. But in fairness to Bill... He was 11th in the points race and the top 10 automatically qualified. So I think it was something like in 10 of the last 11 or 12 years, the guy in 11th place has got picked. So you can you can take those accusations of nepotism and say just shred them for all I care. Um, he, the guy probably deserves to be on the team. Mickelson, probably not so much. He's only had three top 10s this year. And the only argument you can make for Phil is that he'll be great fun in the four balls and in the team room with that experience and you know everything that Phil brings to the, the whole... Um, Setup will be invaluable, I suppose. I mean, Brooks Kepka should have probably got a, got a pick. I would know. have thought Brooks Kepka was going to get a and, pick. And it's something they need. You know, the the Americans either can probably start looking towards you know future Ryder Cups. So next year, you got to expect Brooks Kepka is going to make the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Oh, far. So he so this would have been an ideal opportunity to blood him in a team environment and see how he gets on, and then he'll learn have a bit of experience and be a better player in the team environment next year. Anyway, that's not the way they went. And One thing with regards to Bill Haas, and this is in his favour, because mm. I'm not going in for the whole nepotism and all that kind of stuff, even though I did have a bit of a chuckle at it. Oh, it's yeah. quite funny. Oh, it is kind of funny, yeah. But I will say that the amount of pressure that has been on Bill Haas to qualify by right, mm. considering that all the world of golf was talking about the fact, every time at the TV and he came on, it was like, Oh, Bill Haas has to finish in this spot because if he finishes outside of the top ten, it's going to make it awkward for his father to pick him as a pick. Wow. He put in some pressure. Attempt, like, he really got close. So, 
Anyway, look, I, Jay, I totally agree Jay, with you, I think Brooks Kepka would have been, should have been the other one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Give Phil, give Phil a bit of time off. Uh, so Nick Price is the European, the rest of the world captain, and he's picked Stephen Bowditch, uh, or Bowditch, Bowditch, I don't know, well, that, we're not going to ask James for the pronunciation, he murders him, and Sang Moon Bay. Uh, this is an interesting one, because Sang Moon Bay, this is kind of, around or past the time he's supposed to be starting his military service so there's got a bit of a question mark as to whether he actually play in this I'm not sure if the, well, better to pick him than to be told that he can yeah than to not, not pick him, him yeah, yeah. to find out that he can and in fairness he's played very well this season uh, and especially the last few weeks so deserves a spot and I hope I'd, he is allowed to play in it and I'd like to think that if he doesn't that maybe that he might go with Danny Lee yeah, possibly. I, I listen. I know I'm fan. You're a big Danny Lee fan. He's your number two to Rory McIlroy. Golfers so you love. So uh, yeah, look, it's uh, nice. They've made an adjustment on the format. There's now like 18 matches instead of 22, so might actually tighten up the affair, which or the whole match because the Americans have just been uh, destroying the rest Every of the world. Year. Every time they they Every tee it up. Years, so uh, with less points on offer, it might uh, make it a bit bit of a tighter squeeze, which would be good. Uh, yeah, well, sure. Let's, let's move on to last week's tournaments. There was no event on the LPGA Tour. They have the Evian Championship coming up this week. We'll get to that now in a little while. The M to M Russian Open was on in Moscow, Moscow Russia. Yeah. And that was Skull run. Skalkova. Skalkova. Yeah, yeah. Let's, Skalkova. I don't know. Um, golf club. Lee Slavery won his second European Tour title by one shot from Stanislaw Goya. I did not see any of this. I was well, I was away down the west at a wedding, and actually in a cruel twist of fate, if I hadn't had to have given lifts down to a couple of people to get down there to the wedding on the Thursday morning, I could have gone on the Wednesday, stayed over, and gone and played La Hinch on the Thursday morning. Ooh, so cool. yeah, that was a bit of a stinger, and that was with the father of the bride and of good good long term family friends of ours. So, um, plenty of promises made over the weekend to get me down for a game on the hinge. I'd really love to do that. I've never played it. It's supposed to be lovely. Yeah, I've, I've heard a few good things about it. And, you know, the, it's supposed to be all right. It wasn't your time. Considering Phil Nicholson says it's one of his favourite courses in the world, you know, it's it's probably up there in the, the realms of the top ones. Of course. So, um, the one thing I will say about it is that Lee Slattery won that competition with one shot. He did win it by one shot, yes. No, no, with one shot. Oh, right. Go on, tell us. Oh, where was it? I think it was on the, like, the 16th hole in the final round. The chip in? The chip in. Okay, I read about this earlier. It was the 17th. But 17th, yeah. excuse me, sorry. Yeah. And, like, we have to be accurate here in the podcast. We take it very seriously. Well, I think I said the 16th, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, yeah. So I was covering our So it's kind of like you're placing instead of dropping. Oh, yeah, yeah. stop. Oh, right, come on. So, anyway, but the chip, the chip that he had was the most ridiculous shot under that pressure, Lee Slattery hasn't won in what three years? Three years, I think. Yeah. Okay, so this guy is there, thereabouts now again. The nerves must have been jangling. He got over the back of the green. He was on a down slope in the rough, only like short sided to the flag, on a downhill lie, downhill to the green, downhill to the flag on the green. So it's about a six out of ten shot. It is <laughs> for us. One in a hundred. Oh my god, one in a hundred. Yeah. The fact that we would even be able to keep our head down to connect to the ball <laughs> would be would be a start. Um but he just slotted it down, landed it perfectly on the fringe, and it just rolled and maybe the just at the well, just on the green, the perfect spot. Like he landed exactly where you had to land it. Mm. And it just rolled out and just dropped into the hole. It was just and that won't even competition at that stage. Yeah, yeah. It enabled him to make a par in the last. He was saying that his uh, his short game has been the, the weak point of his game for the last while and he's just worked really really hard on it and there you go hard work paid off and uh, happy days he can now sail into the race to Dubai final series knowing his tour card's locked up for next year he's got that yeah. tournament win happy days pressure's off speaking of that might grab actually, a little bit of money sorry I know money. we were talking about news and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when I saw this but I didn't even realise that speaking of the race to Dubai McElroy needed a special exemption yes because he didn't have enough tournaments he didn't have enough tournaments played yeah, and he was leading the race to Dubai, and all of a sudden, then I read that he, he because he don't, you have to play a minimum of nine on the European Tour to qualify for the race to Dubai. Mm-hmm. Now, my nine again, figuratively speaking, uh, from what I can remember from the article, it said nine, and he hasn't played nine on the European. Yeah, he was one or two short, short because of his injury. injury. Yeah, so he was planning on playing the majors, which obviously count. You know, so he had done a schedule that would mean that he would be able to qualify. 
um, between the, the Scottish the Scottish Open he had to pull out of as well, didn't he? He would have he would have had his yeah his schedule would have been Scottish fulfilled Open, the requirements the Open, yeah or sorry the Scottish Open the Open and whatever else would have fulfilled it. Um, but that would have been very funny if they had to turn around and said no, you're out. Yeah, yeah, it would have uh, would have been a stinger. It's 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 tough on other guys who who you know if, if the same courtesy isn't extended to them. There you go. It's you know, special treatment for a special world. man. But you like, kind of understand because they they do they have a lot of sponsors involved as well. There's big money involved. They need the star power to to boost their final series. So oh, you understand why they've done it. Oh no, I understand why they've done it. I just was surprised. It wasn't you know. I was just when you said that about the races, why it just jumped into my head. Yeah. You know, it's funny the little things you forget that they're the little things that you know he was struggling with is is you know being able to. This is what I mean. Do, do does he should these people go out and play nine events at the very beginning of the year to get make sure that they qualify for these things? Or no, because he's automatically qualified for whatever he wants to play, and so he just sets his schedule out at the start of the year to try. You know, here's a break there. Play two tournaments there. There's a break. Build up to this. Build up to that. You don't anticipate you're going to get injured. Especially if you're going off playing soccer. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or messing around in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever it may have been. Sorry, I didn't go there. <laughs> anyway, yeah. back to that. Extreme, well done, extreme whiskey tasting. Extreme whiskey tasting, yeah. yeah. Anyway, well played to Lee Slattery. Uh, it was a great win. And, uh, yeah. It's so, a good competition. A good golf course. The uh, I, I'll have to check out the highlights. The Deutsche Bank Championship took place at TPC Boston. Uh, this was a cool course. I got to see this because it was in the evenings. I got to see a bit on Sunday night after I got back and then uh, watched all of Monday. And it was your birthday on Sunday, wasn't it? It was my birthday on Sunday. Happy birthday, Barry. Thank you very much, Phil. Uh, one year older and definitely not wiser. <laughs> the Chris Kirk was defending. And this was particularly tough for me to watch. I, I went big on Henrik Stenson. He's... This is his time of year. He's done this before a couple of years ago in 2013. Played really well this time of year. And he finished second last week. And could, you know, could have won but for a sensational weekend by Jason Day. So I went I went in large on Henrik. Now, uh, I went in each way. So I did I did get, uh, make a little bit of profit on the week. But uh, I thought, you know, after nine holes, I was like, this is in the bag. Or, you know, as, as near as, you know, he's, play, he's striking the ball best of the field on the week. He's actually putting quite well uh, insofar as Henrik Stenson puts oh, yeah. on the week. So um, early on in the coverage, actually, I, I, my spidey senses tingled. Um, they did a preview of the 16th, and I just went, that's the danger hole. I just said to myself, that's the danger hole. That's the only one that could actually kill this thing from you know me winning my bet. And lo and behold, it was... Double! Yeah, vicious. It was, it was like uh, somebody stuck a rusty, jagged samurai sword, actually broadsword, because it was extra painful, yeah. right into my stomach, and then twisted, you know, twisted it around on a drill. Yeah, I didn't bad Henrik felt. Uh, yeah, probably two of those swords. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, oh, it was cool. Anyway, we may as well go. Early on, I mean, Rory and Stenson separated themselves in the pack, so it became, and they were playing in the final Ricky, pairing Ricky, together. Ricky. Ricky. Said Rory. Did I say Rory? Yeah. That's because you say Rory so much. No, I'm not blaming you on that. That's me. Um, Henrik and Ricky were going going out of hammer and tongs. It was it was it was match play at that stage, and there were a couple of big swing holes throughout. I mean, one you say was the eleventh. Yeah. I mean, Ricky actually Stenson played the part threes atrociously that day. Yeah, yeah. And Ricky played them phenomenally well. Yeah. But I think there were I think there were two three shot swings on two of the part threes. Well, I think one of the big the, the big thing right from the off was. The first hole was massive because with Rick, St- yeah. Ricky Fowler off in the hazard. It makes par. It makes par. And then Eagle's the second. Yeah, it's a ridiculous putt. He should have been three, if not f- three shots worse for those two but he holes. he should have bogeyed the first anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe buried the second. So let's say level par after the first two holes. Okay, yeah, two shots worse, yeah. And all of a sudden he's two under. That's, yeah. you know, when your day is in. Mm-hmm. You know, when the putter is working... The putter is worth such a great leveler, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant! It really like saves your bacon. Uh, yes, yeah, so I mean, there was lots, lots of key moments throughout. Like I, hit, I thought Ricky played a sense, an unbelievable bunker shot from about seventy foot away on one of the holes and got it in virtually tap in range. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the sound off that shot was just fantastic. Just this huge thump. Oh yeah, yeah. A full swing. Like I mean, if you get that wrong, you can you can probably kill somebody by sculling it through the green. Or you could leave the ball right there. The beauty of that is that, like, obviously, they practice those kind of shots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who was it? Was uh, the Brendan commentators are saying 
they, his caddy, they are going into the bunkers and his caddy was firing the ball into the bunker so he was forced to play out of plug lies and practice out of plug lies. Lo and behold, had a plug lie, bang, splashed out to a three foot. Yeah. Done. Um, they, yeah, they practice those tough, those tougher shots, you know, where we would we be afraid of We ourselves them. lovely little perfect yeah, yeah. lies in the bunker. Just little, and uh, still don't get it. Yeah, put them on the <laughs> tiny little mountains of sand, the ball just still get perched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, yeah, we, we, we move along throughout the round. You know, the line, Ricky holds a 38 foot birdie coming come down the stretch, I think on 14 or 15. Yeah. Um, Henrik held a bomb on 12. I mean, this is. Oh, really, that was a big one, especially after bogeying 11. Yeah, to yeah. Come back, having got to a one shot between them. So, Ricky birdied Henrik Bogey. He went from three, 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 three shot lead to, to a one, one shot lead, yeah. So, so, that was big for Stenson then to go push to two. And that was like, what, a six, 60 foot putt? It was huge. Back yeah. of the net. Yeah, yeah, back of the net. <laughs> back it went underground. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the 16th, and I had I had epic fear. And uh, Ricky hit a nice shot onto the green, about 25 foot or so. Henrik stands it up with a 7 iron, and the lads, the commentators, are talking about the, sh- the trees shielding the wind, etc., etc. And then the flags at the back of the green. Okay, this is what I don't get. I think they made a, a bad judgment on the club, regardless of the winds. The flags at the back of the green, so... You can argue where his ball went in. There's another 25, 30 yards to get to that pin. I think he, I think he's a club short there. I think he should be hitting six iron instead of seven iron. Um, the strike sounded pretty good. The trajectory looked all right from the, the camera angles they showed, and uh, the wind just stalled it. He also, they were saying he shouldn't have been going at the the left side of the green. The right side of the green, the water doesn't go up as far into the green. But anyway, like to, to to get it towards the middle of the green, or the back of the green, I think he hit the wrong club. I think it was a mistake, and you can't be blaming the wind on that. The wind wasn't that serious. No. I didn't, it didn't look to be that heavy, you know, to to affect it that much. But uh, well, the fact of the matter is, in a competition like that, you're one shot ahead. Play safe. Play safe. Get it to the back right of the yeah, green. You know, hard. You look at it. Don't look at the birdie. You know, yeah. like, um, you know the fact of it is, these guys are professionals. You know, if he puts a 25 foot away as well, like, you know, even if Ricky makes a birdie and he makes a par, One shot still all square. Thank you. Yeah, know, happy days. Last. So, anyway, yeah, long story short, Ricky makes par and Henrik makes, uh, misses a 12 footer for his bogey, makes double bogey, and Ricky now has a one shot lead. They go to 17. They both have birdie putts. Ricky has the easier of the two. Henrik slides across the hole. He's a really tough birdie putt. It's not one you're going to make that often. And they get to 18, and the two lads, it's par five, the two boys both miss the green, um, and both with really tricky up and downs, like there's mounds come over and everything. Uh, so Henrik leaves himself at about, what, 12 footer maybe, yeah, 12, yeah. 14 footer, and yeah. hit a beautiful putt, uh, just a tiny bit firm for the line he chose, and just ran over the right kind of edge of the hole, uh, giving Ricky two putts to, I fancy if Henrik made his, Ricky would have made his. Oh yeah, you know, I, I you just because it's that kind of match play thing. So Ricky has two putts; he doesn't need. To oh, he'll roll it up the hole. You know, so yeah, I, I think if Henry, if Stenson made his putt, I think Ricky makes his putt. Well, the funny thing is, I always think I've always in a lot of competitions we've seen of late this year and last year is that players when they don't need to make the putt generally always make the putt. Yeah, yeah, the guy, the guy's got the three shot lead on three eighteen, or four shots yeah, yeah, like Thomas the Peters there the week Thomas before. Peters. Yeah. Uh, McElroy did it in the two, you know, in his massive victories, like, you know, to break a record. Yeah, fine, in she goes. Um, then there was a couple of other people that did it coming down the straight. You know, these guys are coming down, they're strolling along, all of a sudden they've got 15 foot putts. And the stroke is free and loose, you know, the pressure's off, done. They may as well just be out practicing with their mates. Yeah, so. Anyway, anyway congratulations so to Ricky, it was a really good, like, I. I it was a great watch. But I spent so much golf over the weekend that I was so tired. Yeah. But I found myself falling asleep at every opportunity this thing was on. So, you know, it's, uh, you're watching it disjointed, you know what the scores are. It's very difficult to bring yourself to watch golf when you know what the scores are. Oh, if you're watching, you're watching a rec- uh, recording? I, I record golf all the yeah, time. Yeah, so you watch it then and back and you know what's yeah. happening. So you're like, oh, am I really interested? Am I fully committed yeah. to watching four I, hours? I know Ricky won the competition. All of a sudden you've got four hours yet to watch. Yeah. Well, plus, McElroy wasn't in it. And like saw none of his golf over the weekend. Yeah, I, I find if I ever record something like a live sporting event, I will do my utmost to not know the result. And then at least it's it's engaging to watch because you know the result. But if you know the result, it's like, oh, well, The hard part about that is that, like, let's say you're on a Friday night, you stick on the golf. Or say you record the golf. Yeah. Right? 
and then the next thing what you're doing is you're up at seven o'clock in the morning to go out and play golf. Uh-huh. You know what the topic of conversation is going to be. Golf. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you see Brendan Young is leading? Busted. The, yeah. And you're like going. Or someone turns around and goes, oh, McElroy out of 77. So you're, you're not going oh, wa- to watch four hours of it then. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. They're, again, back to the FedEx Cup system. Only four guys who were outside the top 70 got into this week jumped into the top 70. It's not really as volatile as they'd like it to be, isn't it? I think, I don't know. They, they, they tried to make it out to be this huge, anybody's, you know, anybody can win it, you know, anybody's got a chance. But only four out of 70, four people jumped into the top 70 this week. Uh, which is not quite was that Keegan Bradley Bradley um, Keegan Bradley jumped in um, William McGirt jumped in actually in quite dramatic fashion by holding out oh, his shot at 70 he has had to do something insane to make it in uh, but like I don't know well, no that's because they were on the borderline all the way through the competition yeah yeah like it wasn't like they were up there near the top like you don't want these guys getting through if they're not playing good golf the guys that are on those borderlines you, like, for you want the people who are playing the good golf all through the year to stand a chance of qualifying mm. for the final competition. So realistically, if there are, let's say, the top 70, so you're talking about the top 100 players, like the 30 who are between 70 and 100 shouldn't be qualifying through because that's very unfair on the people who are in, the, you know, let's say, spot 40 to 70. No, but I, I kind of agreed, like, in terms of, I'm just saying, it's not quite as exciting as they portray it to be. No, I know. It used to be a lot more exciting with the ball, you know, more points going for all these competitions. But it'd be like turning around and saying, okay, Newcastle... You don't, yeah, because of one bad week, you don't... So Newcastle and United finish mid-table in the Premiership. And you get one match against... They lose in the, in the last week, and they're gone down into the Championship. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, 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 it I, I understand. Sense I understand, yeah. Play, play. It gives you an opportunity. So, for example, if... And anyone can on any given week. Yeah, go win. Go win. Yeah, or top so, five in one of those events and you'll shoot from... Shoot all the way yeah. up. Um, like, I think even Bradley, I think, went from number 75 up to number 37 or something like that. Yeah, it's big points on offer. If you put in a good performance, you deserve to go up because they are playoffs, you know. It's not It's not a league table. You know, they're, yeah, they're playoffs, playoffs for a reason. There's more, you know, there's more at stake. I think about it is that they said that now... Um, so Jason Day is guaranteed to be top five. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Spieth is guaranteed to be top five, even though he's missed. He started on the top, but he had such a big lead. Yeah, that from yeah. the very beginning, he was grand. He was go- guaranteed to be top five. Yeah. Um, Ricky Fowler is now guaranteed to be top five. Mm-hmm. And even listening to him talk, they said, "What were your, what were your goals for the thing?" And he said, "To make it to the, to the Tour Championship." Yeah, that was interesting. Make the top thirty. Make the top thirty. And yeah, now yeah. all of a sudden he's locked in for a top five. And if he wins at Eastlake, he wins the FedEx Cup. So I, th- I believe there's only one other. Stenson didn't get a spot then yet, has he? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Bob Watson, I think, is number four. Oh, I don't even want to say something if I'm not right here. I will get Googling while what, you keep rambling I mean, on. What I mean, I think there's only one spot available in the top five Yeah. after the next competition for an automatic lock. The BMW Championship, which BMW is next, in the week after. Time. Yeah, That's the only other lock position that's available. So whoever wins that or whatever, you know, whoever's in fifth, if things don't change, we'll be let's have a look here. We have Jason Day, Jordan oh, McElroy's not. McElroy's number seventeen. Day, Day, Speed, Fowler, and Stenson are the top four. So I guess that would they'd be the four that we guaranteed through if they're if they're. Well, I know that the, the top three are locks at the moment. Oh, the top three. So Stenson's not quite. Stenson might not be locked yet. Okay, so Stenson then is fourth. Watson fifth. Yeah. Charlie Hoffman then is the next in sixth, but he's over, over a thousand points behind Watson. So. Yeah, there's... Okay, anyway, we'll let the Excel yeah. spreadsheet that they have in the PGA Tour figure this all the out. The top three are locks, which okay. means they can't move out of the top five, which means that when it comes to the Tour Championship, if they win, they win the whole lot. Yeah, grand. It doesn't matter what anyone else does. It's, it's, if Stenson or Watson put in any sort of half-season performance in the BMW Championship, none, none of those top five are going to get touched, and any of them going to Eastlake and winning the, at Eastlake yeah, will so win for, the FedEx Cup. For example, if McElroy wins... Let's say, for example, McElroy who's in 19th or something like that at the moment, or even 21st. Okay, uh, if he's 17. 17. Okay, so if go. he wins in um, BMW, he will then go to the top five. He'll get a whole chunk of points. Yeah. yeah, and he'll go to the top yeah, five, yeah. and then he'll be a lock as well. Mm-hmm. So that's my prediction, is that McElroy is going to win the BMW, and then he's going to be a lock, and then he's going to win the Tour Championship. Okay. Uh, you heard it here first, guys. guys. We'll get on to that in a few minutes, or a preview. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's amazing. Preview. Does that sound like a broken record? Yeah. <laughs> and we're not going to be previewing the BMW Championship this week, because they're on the week off. Yeah. Um 
there are a number of things that are not on a week off. So the Walker Cup's taking place this week at Royal Lytham in St. Anne's. Big time. Uh, big battle. Um, big oh, thing oh, happened, oh, obviously, oh, oh, Overall, we haven't been so great at the Walker Cup. The record's not great in the history of it, but the last 13 events, we were only seven, six down. So yeah. that's certainly, um, we, can, we can handle that. Well, I think the big thing that happened at the, was the withdrawal of um, Nigel Edwards. No, he's the manager, sorry. Uh, the withdrawal of, um, what's your man's name? Um, Sam Horsfield. He was the fourth highest ranked player on the GB in Ireland team for the Walker Cup and he pulled out put, uh, citing personal reasons. Oh, that's disappointing. A little bit Poor disappointing. Um, so hope, hope, hopefully that sorts itself out for him he's back on the course soon. Well, of course. like This person, you don't know what they yeah. are. It's just a shame for the team that um, you know, he he was looking that he was going to be. He was the fourth highest ranked player. So the only players above him ranked are Ashley Chester's, uh, Cormac Sharvin and Paul Dunn uh, in the world ranking. So it just means that mm. he was one of the guys that we were going to. One of the big guys, yeah. Bring home the points, yeah. Leave exactly. the team, yeah, to a few points. Um, uh, certainly, definitely want to watch a little bit of this. Like we've been absolutely spoiled for Lynx golf this year, Lynx style golf uh, on TV. So just a, another chance to. Uh, to get a, an El Gander at it on the TV which is great I think they're all looking for I think well when I say they're all looking for I think there's a big hope that they do play singles don't they the format yes yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think the big one that they uh, are looking for would be the Deschamps Bryson Deschambeau and Paul Dunn oh yeah well for, from our side of things that would be absolutely fantastic well, yeah, be a rematch of the uh, rematch of the quarter final of exactly. the US Amateur See how see how Deshambo handles the Lynx golf versus a little uh, guy who's grown up playing oh, Lynx golf. Go. Um, do you want any odds on that yet, or is that something you come back to later? The Walker. No, we'll do that now. So Great Britain and Ireland are ten to eleven, and the USA are eleven to ten. So flip a coin, people. Flip a coin. The bookies can't decide. The odds of body pair and the odds of a draw are twelve to one. So if you want a long shot, that could be it. Um, You've got your uh, point scorers. Um, so Bryce DeChambeau is 8-1 to one with Paddy Power to be the c- combined point scorer. Then Paul Dunn is 9-1. to one. Then you've got Niebrug, uh, Jordan Niebrug is 10s. Gary Hurley's 10s. And Ashley Chester's is 10s. And then it goes down um, from 10s all the way down to, let's say, 80-1 to one is Mike McCoy. Yeah, it looks like the odds compilers can't really separate many of them. Quite, they're all quite, a lot of them in the teens there. So, Well, I think it's just because of the fact that there's not really that much form. Not a form, Bryce, but, yeah. Bryce, Deshaun, or Bryce uh, not as much, Not as much form to look back on from the amateurs as there is, and information and data as there are for the pros. Like so. you, you have to say Bryce Shamba won the US Amateurs, so therefore... You know, oh, yeah. Top the hot hand. Yeah. Paul Dunn is obviously the next big thing because of the fact that he got to the final round of the... Um, the the open yes so they're probably the only two like you know so the, anyway that's that uh, web.com tour finals are on this week it's the hotel fitness championship from Sycamore Hills Golf Club in Fort Wayne uh, Indiana I'm going to go with for IN as an abbreviation mm-hmm. uh, not 100% sure of all I could not name the 50 states I think we did a drinking game one night where you had to like bid on how many states you could name oh and, yeah yeah uh, yeah, it, it didn't go well. So, um, the, there are 133 guys teeing it up this week, and 50 of them are looking to grab a PGA Tour card. Uh, the top of the betting is Anurban Lahiri, who's been playing remarkably well this season. A couple of wins in the European Tour, and um, de- probably deserved, one of the deserved favourites for the event. Uh, Grio is twenty five to one. Austin Cook twenty five to one. Wow. And then there's a lot of names that are slightly unfamiliar and some that are very familiar. Uh, Patton Kazire is twenty eight to one. Tom Hoji is thirty to one. Jonathan Bird thirty three to one. Vaughn Taylor forty to one. As is Ricky Barnes, Brian Stewart, Tom Gillis, and Kyle Stanley. You have Brian Davis from Britain, uh, fifty to one, and. You know, Roberto Castro, he's a tour winner not so long ago. He's back here trying to get his card back. Robert Garrigus. Um, anyway, lots of guys there. That is a pressure situation. Um, trying to go get, trying to, you know, go out there playing a few rounds and trying to get your tour card for next year because that guarantees you your starts and your earnings for the year. Um, that's your livelihood. So those guys will be, um, under a bit of stress this weekend to say the least. Of course. Uh, the LPGA final, their fifth major of the year, is taking place at the Evian Resort Golf Club in Evian Les Bains, France. The course is a par 71, 6,453 yards. 
Uh, Inby Park is going for a career grand slam. And Hu Ju Kim is the defending champion. Uh, this is always a nice tournament to watch. They always show a decent bit of this on TV. I think Sky are actually prioritizing this this weekend as well. That's our local sports broadcaster. Um, so I like this. This is a nice golf course to watch golf. It's always very calming to watch for some reason. It just seems to hit, hit the right spot for me. So Inby Park is favorite seven to one. Lydia Ko won recently eight to one. Stacy Lewis, who has done everything but win recently, is twelve to one. Huju Kim, defending champion, is fourteen to one. As is So Young Ryu. Uh, Suzanne Pedersen's eighteen to one. Lexi Thompson is twenty to one. Hannah Jang is twenty five to one. Brooke Henderson, the sensation from Canada, is twenty eight to one. As is Shanshan Feng. And Sei Young Kim, they're all twenty eight to one. Anna Nordqvist is thirty three to one, and the rest of the field are forty to one and out, um, with a lot more difficult pronunciation. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I'm not oh, it difficult to pronounce Christy Kerr <laughs> <laughs> or Brittany Lang. Yeah, okay, right. touche. <laughs> so oh, me. Yeah. I'll I'll have a little look at this over the weekend. Sorry, Mary. It's okay. <laughs> I tried so hard. I'm still. My voice is still. Obviously, you can tell my voice is still recovering horse, yeah, from yeah. Uh, two nights at a wedding and then uh, the, my birthday night out as well on the weekend. Um, that was always so nice to have a cake in the whole for you, wasn't it? Ah, it was great. Yeah, three nights in a row though. When uh, you're 33 years old, it's taken. It's taken. I only. Oh, just, I'm, I'm only just such a big dig. I'm only just recovered now. Like, oh. Whatever, however bad you feel. Are you older than me? Oh, I'm 36. Oh, I knew that. Just wanted everyone else to. Oh, right. so okay. horrible. <laughs> okay, the European Tour uh, gets a pretty decent feel this week for the KLM Open in Kenemer Golf and Country Club in Zandvoort in the Netherlands. Uh, this is a another link style course. This is great. Like, I'm loving yeah. this stuff. Uh, six is really short, actually. 6,626 yards, par 70. Um, Martin Keimer leads the betting. Actually, one one other thing. This is cool. Uh, it's one of only seven tournaments we have been played every year on the European Tour since the European Tour started in 1972. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Um, course designed by Harry Coles. Oh, he's a bit of a genius when it came to golf course design. Yeah. Martin Keimer leads the betting. He is nine to one. He's ten to one earlier. And he's there. Really, somebody is putting a bit of money on him. Joost Lauten, local favourite, is 18-1 to 1 and former winner. Eddie Pepperell and Jamie Donaldson are 25-1. to 1. Richie Ramsey, Tommy Fleetwood and Tyrrell Hatton and Matthew Fitzpatrick are all 28-1. to 1. Andy Sullivan is 30-1. to 1. He won... He likes his place. Trip to space? He won a trip to space last year when he made a hole in one. Uh, he's, I don't think he's taken it yet. Probably won't happen until, I suppose, the spaceship's ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's currently being built by... Um, I don't know. Some people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, some people in a space building. Yeah, yeah, uh, NASA. Yeah, <laughs> it's NASA, secret NASA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christopher Broberg, Gregory Bordy, and Soren Kelson are all thirty-three to one. Kelson's got to be a nice little fancy this oh, week. Oh, I'm liking Christopher Broberg. Hey. Oh, dear. Yeah. Very nice. Don't know why we divide. Yeah. Uh, Kel- I, I fancy Kelson have a good week. Like he won up in. Uh, he won the our. Irish Open up the Irish Open yes yeah. indeed uh, in very testing conditions and he was so close and unfortunate and not, not to win made in Denmark exactly yeah like, if it wasn't for his he missed like two or three really short putts throw that man on a link style course he's he loves just, it he just you know he loves it he's there uh, David Horsey winner a couple of weeks ago is 40 to 1 Ross Fisher's 40 to 1 as is Miguel Ankel Jimenez and Rafa Cabrera Bello along with Max Simon and Kiefer they're 40 to 1 Chris Woods forty-five to one, and the rest of the field are at fifty to one and eight, including Thomas Peters. Like he played sensational to win. Like how's how's he fifty to one? Obviously, well, they don't put your money on him. They don't. They don't fancy the bombers around this course. I yeah, guess it's obviously tighter. But it was very funny. Uh, that was the someone had asked Miguel Angel Jimenez a question about the Olympics. Did you see that? Brilliant. I retweeted from our account earlier. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Why well, wouldn't that? Well, you can just imagine them saying it like. Why would I not want to be an Olympian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would want to walk around the village with a cigar and a glass of wine with all these amazing I better actually check. Is that what he said? So Pretty much. Like, yeah, of course I would like to be in the Olympics. 
Where is he? Could you not Can see? you imagine Miguel Angel Jimenez in Rio with a big fat cigar walking through the middle of the Olympic Village with all the athletes around? Yeah, it I would too love far that. Away. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, maybe that's your Halloween uh, outfit or persona, sort of. You dress up as Miguel. Miguel is going to dress up like me. Uh, well, listen, you want to get down to scratch first before you have any chance of that happening. Maybe, so maybe he wants to. It's not going to happen if you just maybe, maybe he wants to dress up like a seven handicapper. <laughs> Uh, brilliant. Okay, so is yeah, that all so the they, tournaments? That's all the tournaments. That's all the tournaments. BMW is back next week. Um, that's for the PGA Tour finishing their season, and then they just kick off in the next season straight away, pretty much. So and yeah. then we're straight back over here. Then obviously for the Dubai race to Dubai final series. Yeah, so golf is never ending. It's wonderful. No, straight from one to the other, like you know. Yeah, it's great. Um, we have some nice weather here at the moment. I'm not going to get out uh, this weekend. I like to wait Sunday morning, actually. I have to work on Saturday morning, which is kind of annoying because it's a strokes competition. I want to get back into it, but such is life. Um, yeah, you're probably playing, playing like eight, you know, four rounds in the next three days. I'm well, no, I'm not. I'm playing, well, I'm playing Friday. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm playing, playing this lovely scramble on Friday in Delgany Golf Club, which is just a local golf course around here playing with some really good guys who are like two and three handicap respectively um, I'm brought along so I can get them the, the shot that they require potentially to win it um, and then I'm playing strokes on Saturday I'm playing Stableford on Sunday and then I'm actually getting a lesson on Monday after you play golf after I play yeah. golf well, so like, the fact is I, I just want to go down and see if there's anything that can be oh, absolutely yeah. I mean you, you, there might be some little thing you might have just Got picked up a tiny little bad habit, or your setup might have just gone out a little bit. It's always good to have somebody else look at the swing. Like it's, um, it's a hard task to try to figure it out yourself. Well, I actually just want to go and meet my. I'm not going to say my pro. I just want to meet the pro that I go to, mm. um, and see if he might be able to come and just play golf with me, and see how much that would cost for course management and stuff like that. Just to see what goes through my head. You know, they can really talk me through these things. It's a good idea. We'll get a photo of you with all the little monitors stuck to your brain like, yeah, yeah yeah I'm doing Arrington I'll have a, a, like a, a yeah, yeah. tennis ball under my right foot you're look like Predator all the dreadlocks of cables ah. coming out of you like. ah. <laughs> anyway on that visual I think we'll leave everybody um, your golf certainly can't be any worse than yeah, yeah. mentally well guys enjoy yeah. your weekends if you're playing golf absolutely and if you're not enjoy watching on TV there's plenty there to keep us occupied and even with the PGA Tour taking a week off um, have a great week everybody swing it sweetly and score well <laughs> Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.